You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast number 376. The Zombies Make a Comeback. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. To the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 376, and uh, everyone should be delighted because apparently we have zombies back in this episode. <laughs> Yay! But, yeah, I, yeah. I've seen a few notes from various people out there, so <laughs> I think they're making a comeback. <laughs> it's like they ever went, like they ever really went like, away. Uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. And we have a special guest for the second part of the show, and we'll be introducing him in a little bit. Uh, but for the first part of the show, of course, it's going to be Gaz, who is my my cohort in crime over in the UK. How are you doing tonight, Gaz? I'm doing very, very well. Sponrific. Even though I have come back from the hospital tonight after an MRI scan. Uh, you know, I saw that. I saw that tweet that you put out, and somebody was like, "Are you okay, Gaz? Yeah. <laughs> are you okay?" It's it was, just precautionary. It's uh, it's something in my inner ear, and they have to do a. Uh, the consultant said that they wanted basically just to do a, a an MRI scan just to make sure it's not one of these one in a thousand chance yeah, things. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, they do if they do an MRI in my head. There's like this big empty open space. Yeah, <laughs> it's when they call me in and say. There's nothing there. And say, good. <laughs> oh, good. I say good. And no, they then go, they no. say no. You don't no, understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Otherwise, how was your week? Uh, it's good, a very good. Apart from two firmware updates to my Time Capsule and my Airport Extreme, which oh, yeah. now means I'm constantly getting uh, the Time Capsule has had a server interruption, and it. I, I have to keep pressing ignore to this server interruption because whenever I go into Finder and I see that the item's there and click on it, it then kicks back in. So something's happened in the firmware update. So, Tom, if you're listening to this, yeah. I need your help. There you go. Yeah. There's my there's my call out for Tom. Yeah. Because I know he listens because he's told me he does. But we we still need to get him on the show too. We do, we do. Anyway, yep. yeah, so, but other than that, my week's good. I've got a big meeting with a customer tomorrow at work, so I'm looking forward to that. So happy I am. <laughs> well, there is all kinds of stuff happening throughout the, the MyMac.com verse this week. Uh, Tim is. has announced the thing that we've been kind of hinting at over the last few weeks is that uh, the, the name of the network that we do this show for has changed. It's now the Stoplight Network, and it's live. And you probably heard that at the beginning of the show. When we yes, had... you, probably, you probably did if you were paying attention, which I'm sure you were. Yes, they should. And one <laughs> other thing happened this week. I got an iPhone 4S. Yay! Well, sort of yay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did see. <laughs> oh, my God. I did see that you've... Um, I did warn you. Yeah, you did. And, and I went ahead and did... Like I said, if they did an MRA... MR, MRA. If they did an MRI... <laughs> they were just this big empty space, big yeah. empty space. So yeah. I, I, I get had, this. You've had worse issues than I have. Oh, it was insane. 
uh, I, I went ahead and I got the iPhone 4S, and yep. uh, the first sync went okay. And then right after I got it, there was an update. I said, oh, okay. You know, I'll go ahead and update. So I updated, and then it goes to sync again. It refused to sync. It would not sync after the update. It was like, ah, oh, son of a bird. <laughs> so I, I pull out what remained of my hair, and, and I tried all kinds of other things. Uh, I talked to this uh, I talked to this woman in Apple support, and oddly, this is weird. I mean, this could only happen to me. The yes, woman, this is true. Yeah, the woman I talked to uh, about my iPhone 4S problems, who is a, you know, a, an Apple specialist, it turns out she grew up about three to four blocks away from me in Fort Lauderdale, even though she went, she went to Lauderdale High, boo hiss, and and I went to Northeast High, yay! But any, but regardless, you know, <laughs> her name was Tay, and I wanted to say thank you, Tay, for all your help, and it was great talking to you, even if what you suggested didn't didn't work didn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, she basically wanted me to uh, restore the phone from new because I was using the the profile from my 3GS right on right. my yeah. iPhone 4S. So I did yeah. that, yeah. and you know tried everything. It just would not update because I have about two thousand songs that I sync onto the phone, right. and it, it updated. It did all the apps, and then it got to the music, and it would not sync all of my music. It, it would do well, about 15, 16 songs and then cancel the sync. That is that. Were, were you doing this hardwire? Yeah. I think there's an issue with it. Uh, uh, ha- had you at this point actually tried to do a Wi-Fi sync as well? Uh, I can't remember if I tried to do a Wi-Fi sync Because I'll tell you what, I'm having real issues with sometimes it's syncing and sometimes it's not syncing uh, when I put... You know, when I put the, the cable in. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I want to put the cable in because I just got some big stuff which I want to move. And I don't think if the Wi-Fi is still turned on, it can decide whether it wants to go over Wi-Fi or whether it wants to go over hard sync. And I've I've had some real weird oddities coming up. And, you know, I've, I've, I've tried to sync it. I've looked yeah. at it and I've thought, they're all missing. All my podcasts are missing. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't do so mine either. I, so I then I then do another sync, and then all of a sudden they turn up. It it they're, yeah. There's there's a few little vagaries mm. in there which I, I think they need to fix. Well, what I ended up finally doing was I told it not to sync my music, so that it would sync everything else. Yeah. So yep. it it went and it got all my video and it yep. got, did all my podcasts. So that was all fine. And then um, I I did a couple of changes because it turned out there were some preference checks under music, like for notes and things like that. God only knows why the heck that was there. Um, And I turned those off and then I sacrificed a goat at the full moon under the shade of an oak tree. That's thousands of years old. Excellent. That's I didn't try that one. I was told to, but I didn't try that one. Hey, Apple support. These are the things they tell you to do. Yeah. And it finally managed to sync all the content. So stay tuned. Who knows if it'll, if you'll keep, keep doing it. Did you keep, did you keep the goat horn because you might need that um in the future. You got to you got to grind it down into some sort of powder. Well, apparently. I did keep the horn, but I loaned my my goat horn grinder to my neighbor cuz he needed ah, it for his right. iPhone okay. and I haven't got okay. it back yet. Okay. Well, you, you get it back as soon as you can cuz you will need that in the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah. As uh, speaking of that as my and I know this is a little bit early for that. Um what well, goat horn powder? I got a tweet from uh, Jay Myers in response because I tweeted about sacrificing a goat, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he asked if he would need pig's blood blood and a pentagram to get photo stream to work. 
And I told him no, but to check to see who in his family were still virgins. And <laughs> not to be outdone, not to be outdone, he recommended the Find My Virgins iOS app. <laughs> so thank you so much for that, Jay Myers. And one of the other things that, that's kind of going to change about the podcast, and we sort of talked about this last week. If, if yeah, we you're a longtime listener, um, usually in between the breaks, I was playing some of, some of the music that I had on iTunes. Well, I've, like, you know, like I said before, I've been told I can't do that. So, but I found this, this website called Jamendo, J-A-M-E-N-D-O.com. And they have a lot of music that's there under a Creative Commons license, which lets you remix and tweak and build upon your work, even for commercial purposes, as long as you credit back to the artist. So in the show notes, I will include the name uh, and a link to uh, on Jamando or Jamendo, however it's pronounced, uh, back to the artist whose music that I will use in between the breaks. Cool stuff. Yep, and found this. Oh my god, I found this great band, and now I can't think. I think it's called. Fine. Oh, never mind. Find your cannibals. No, it wasn't fine. No, no, no. Yo, they're not under Creative Commons. Oh no, no, no. Um, I can't think of the name of the group. But I was joke guy. Oh, okay. Remember rattling empty head. Anyway, guy will find the name of the group, and it will be in the show notes. Yep. <laughs> and why don't we go ahead and get started? Unless you got something else, let's get started on the my Max stuff. No, I'm quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'll do the first one. Uh, on Tom Bin bags made in the USA. Now these are these are really really good, tough and sophisticated laptop bags. They got messenger bags and briefcase and backpacks. These are all made in Seattle. And if you look f- uh, for reviews for these bags, not just from my Mac but from other sites, <laughs> these bags just get unbelievably great reviews now, they're also very expensive but they'll last you probably longer than whatever device it is you're going to put in them yeah they do, they do look pretty good actually yep. I, I was having a look down and uh, thinking cool and although, that's from not, rich Lefko. although although there's no incentive really for me to buy them just because they're made in the usa <laughs> no you'd, you'd want them like made in manchester or something <laughs> and, and and i was wondering is the is the name tom bin actually a plan that the word bin because you know Tom bin bags. Because we have bin bags over here. I don't know if you do. Uh, no. That's what. Okay. Right. Okay. It seems funny to me because in the UK, if I said to me, "Could you get me a bin bag?" People means, would understand you. It means yeah. People. First of all, people would understand me. But secondly, they'd get me one of these big, large, black plastic bags which you put all your rubbish in. Oh, trash bag. Yeah. Oh, okay. that makes yeah. It's a bin, put it, it's put a bin it in bag. the bin, right? It's okay. a bin bag. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm slow, but I'm I'm, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. Okay, the next on the <laughs> website is a review from, and I'm really I'm I think we we ought to tell somebody to go and tell him to slow down. But Mark Greentree has oh put God. a review for uh, an application called Audition or I Audition. I audition. Uh, sorry, I audition. Oh, I, I saw the little I in the front and I just ignored it. Oh, you I thought it was silent. Kind of like the PH. And, <laughs> no, that makes an F sound. The I is silent. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> Mark reviews it uh, and he thinks there's a, a few limitations to this particular app uh, and he doesn't rate it quite as highly as uh, comprehensive as GarageBand. He thinks there's one or two things that you know could do with better, but at 5 99 
as I say, he thinks it's a bit expensive and he's given it a 6 out of 10. But if um, if you're thinking of getting that app, uh, which is a straight recording app, then go over and read to see what Mark says. Yep. Next up is Pocket Size Podcast number 41, The Fire Phone by Scott Wilsey. And uh, I haven't listened to this yet, but I'm guessing he's talking about the rumored uh, Amazon phone that HTC is is you know rumored to be making. Lots of rumors there. Right now, get your soundboard ready. Whoop. Um, uh, there's a uh, the next one is a Mac Alley Powerlight Three Dash Outlet Power Strip with USB charge- charger. This is a video review from Elisa. You say Pacelli and oh. I say Pacelli. Darn it! I was early. <laughs> now, I was going to try and watch this before uh, before we went live, but I didn't have time. So, um, here's a, here's a little um, test for the listeners and see if they are paying attention. Could you all go and take a, a watch and, and send me in a review of Elisa's review? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up is the NB six thirty nine Fitness Evolved headphones review. By our very own John Nemo, you know, and he's actually more network news. He's taking over, uh, you know, at least mostly uh, at the At Minute podcast. Yeah, he's got two out already. Yeah, he's he's, he's just so prolific. Some of them are too long. Some of them are too short. <laughs> <laughs> don't start. Don't start that again. Um, yeah, John gives that a rating of six out of ten, and um, I think there are other apps and, and processes out there which could be a little bit better. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Well, just just get, just get an iPod Nano. You can, you can trust John. Yeah. Uh, next on the mymac dot com website is the Tech Fan Podcast number fifty six. Now. Do you know, I've listened to this, but this week I've been up and down and roundabout, and I can't remember too much about that particular podcast. Oh, I, think, I remember it. I think, were they talking about the fire? Yeah, yeah. And that's David funny. David was, was kind of upset that... Oh, that's it. I remember now. Right, right. That, yes, that the that, fire yeah. had was being compared so much to the iPad 2 when they're really yeah. kind of two different devices. Wasn't that the one where... Um, I think Tim, Tim set them straight. And Tim, yeah. Actually, Tim and was talking told, was talking said, both sides, so, didn't he? He said, yeah. "I told you so." Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, and and some more news in a second. Uh, command line: Twist my arm harder, and that's by uh, my brother Larry Grinnell, and uh, he's actually clearing space on his very very busy schedule, and he's going to join uh, Tim and Mark. And uh, I think Tom is coming out to uh, the Mac World Expo. And we're going to have probably six or seven guys. I think Nemo's coming, too. So we've, we've got a lot of people from my Mac that's going to be at the Mac World Expo this year, which right. is great. But before you go too far off tangent, just so people know, the article is about using the command line or terminal. <laughs> just, oh, I didn't say just, that? No, no. Oh. Well, not, re- not really. And he's he basically talking about how um, IT professionals still use the command line and, and the text line, that, you know, the, uh, uh, the command line and the um, terminal uh, in computing. And, but it can be dangerous. You have to be a little bit careful. And I can vouch for that <laughs> because, because um, I used to have a few glitches with my trash box, with my trash can. You trash mean can. your bin box? My bin, my bin box, my bin and whatever it is um and I, used to have, I i, I, I did a bit of research thing. online and i went into the terminal and ran a command line to clear out the bin or the trash right 
And that's fine as long as you do everything right and you make sure that you um, go down to the folder level rather than just going in under your user level. <coughs> you have to find go to user, uh, user level and then you have to go to the find the trash can. So you've got to put all of the right sort of command lined in. Can't you just type in erase all? I mean, that'll work, won't it? Well, I kind of did that <laughs> oh, on another you didn't. occasion. Oh. Did on another occasion. <laughs> and I was thinking, crikey, this is taking a long time, as all of my desktop, desktop items went, <laughs> and I thought, no! <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so I had to, uh, I closed terminal down pretty quick, and luckily it hadn't got the OS, the system. <laughs> but I had to do a restore of <laughs> everything you had. Everything. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what oh, now, the guest is coming bad on guess. After, the first bre- after the first break is now thinking, what am I joining <laughs> here? <laughs> anyway, the next on the MyMac.com website is um, The Perfect Disguise, uh, the book book for Air. That's a review of a case for the iPad from Rich Lefko. And it gets a rare perfect score so go take a close look at that one certainly yeah i I like those because i mean it literally looks like a book yeah yeah and uh another one from mark mark you're you're killing me here the back in time (laughs) ipad app review no no he he does his (laughs) podcast and then he writes all these reviews for mymac.com i think he's i think he's independently wealthy (laughs) yes down there in Australia. I can't Australia, do it. Australia, mate. Australia, mate. I can't do it. Sorry, Mark. Sorry to everybody in Australia for my simply horrible lack of Australian I, I accent. I don't, really, I don't really think mine's much better, you know? <laughs> well, it's better than mine. So how hard would that be? Uh, yeah, okay. I quite like the look of this app, actually. It's, yeah, it does uh, look a, cool. A review of um, oh, Back in Time, it's called. So it takes you through all sorts of um, items. And Mark... You know, it gives it quite a high score. It says there's one or two things which, uh, on a, in an update, could make it even better. But I I'm, think I'm going to take a closer look to this. And uh, that's it for the stuff from my Mac. We actually yep. have some feedback from email. Amazing. Wooza wooza. That's <laughs> part of the reason why the show is called this this week. This is from Jason Cube. It says, hey, guys, I have noticed you haven't had any zombie pics recently. I have a whole folder on my iPhone that has nothing but zombie games. <laughs> Actually, Jason, Jason. <laughs> I, I ran out of space in one folder for all my <laughs> zombie games. Because now that you know, I, I got the bigger iPhone, so I have room for a lot more apps. <laughs> so instead of being picky, I just said, ah, I'll throw all the zombie games on there. Yeah. So I had to make another folder, and it's Zombie 2. Um, so if I have a whole folder on my iPhone that has nothing but zombie games, my favorites are the Play Forge Zombie Farm and Zombie Life, which almost seems an oxymoron. Uh, Zombie Life is an offline-only game where you basically walk around town and try to blend in. You work at various jobs around town, starting with the local burger bar, Burger Kong. You get to uh, build your home and buy furniture, and there is a train station where you can go to other cities. In a future update, you can buy clothes. Well... I'm not sure if uh, a green zombie without clothes, I don't think they're going to blend in too well. And uh, also earn earn money for doing certain jobs and upping levels. There are two yeah, main Yeah, but you got to remember, guy, this is in Zombieville. No, no. You're, you're, I, I, I was looking at this. You're, you're a serious. zombie. I was joking. Oh. <laughs> Guy's sad. <laughs> 
And there's a freshness meter. So that's how that will influence how people see you. The less fresh you are, the more likely you are to cause a zombie panic. Brilliant. So, and apparently there's also a zombie farmer who can link you to to the other game Zombie Farm. And oh, I mean, these are these are basically two games that that now I have to get just to try them out. Yes. Uh, I think you should. Let's see. Anyway, I have provided a sufficient break in your zombie-free streak. Yes, you have, Jason. Well done. Well done, Jason. Yep. And we have some feedback from Twitter. Yep. And longtime listener Gary Apter caught caught a certain phrase that I'm not going to repeat on this show from last week's show and wonders if this is a whole new direction for the G-Men. And Gary, no, it's not. <laughs> You'll have to listen to last week's show to try to figure that one out. Yes. Uh, no feedback from Facebook, though we are up to 90 likes. Yes, so thank you for the licks. I mean, likes. Likes? Oh, well, well maybe it is a new direction. <laughs> and we do have some audio feedback from Scott Wilsey. And uh, I will play that right now. Are you going to play that now? Hi, this or is Scott of Pocket Size Podcast. Guy and Gaz on my no, Mac 375. Okay. You were asking <laughs> listeners to send in their picks, their app picks, listener picks. And I have an iOS app that is definitely worth a listener pick. It's called Downcast. I believe it's one ninety nine in the App Store, but unfortunately, since I have downloaded it, I don't see the price anymore. Yay, iTunes. I love how they do that. Downcast is all about listening to podcasts. It lets you listen to podcasts on your iOS devices without doing any syncing with iTunes, which is nice. Even with Wi-Fi sync, the ability to update your podcast, search for new ones, subscribe to new ones, and do all those things on your device, even when you're away from your Mac and away from home and you can't sync with iTunes... It's really nice. Now, granted, with iTunes Sync, you can get new episodes and delete the old ones and so on and so forth. But you have to go to your computer to subscribe to stuff, and it just becomes a major pain. So Downcast replaces all that. It lets you download podcasts automatically. You can even download them over 3G if you want. You can tell it to only download over Wi-Fi. You download them in the background. You can create uh, lots of different playlists. There's a lot of you know, flexibility in how you want to arrange them. There's uh, half speed, normal speed, one and a quarter, one and a half, one and three quarters, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, and three times speed playback, which is kind of nice for when you want to get through certain things, but you want to hear what they're saying. Uh, you can make an hour podcast down to half an hour or less, 20 minutes. One of the other nice things about this is that That'd you don't have thing. to download yeah. them. You can stream them. You can mark episodes for streaming. For our show, that would be so a if real you'd blessing. rather not just download them, you'd rather just listen to them as you go, hey, there you go. Stream the episode. You can read all the podcast details, including the show notes, the podcast notes, uh, embedded images they might have for enhanced podcasts. You can rename them. If it has a long name and you can't see it in your display and it's kind of hard for you to, you know, or just you want to arrange them differently based on name, you just rename them. There's also a sleep timer. So if you want to start listening to this, in bed and you know you're going to fall asleep and you don't want your iPhone to be playing for two hours on a really long podcast, you mm. can set a timer for 15 we minutes. We know a couple of those. This, to me, is the way podcast listening should be on the iOS devices. It beats the heck out of iTunes. There's just no comparison. And so far, everybody that's tried Downcast on my recommendation has loved it. In fact, my pocket-sized podcast co-host, Peter, keeps iMessaging me to tell me how great Downcast is, among other things. 
Anyway, try Downcast. It's in the App Store, one ninety nine. From Jamawakana Enterprises. I can't say that. Every time I try, I screw it up, but who cares? It's not the name that counts, it's the app. Downcast. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Scott. Oh, uh, this is a pickerific show this week. Yeah, yeah, we've had three people's pick, and we're not even at the people's pick yet. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Do we actually have a people's pick? Or should yeah. we save that for for next week now that we've done so many? I think we should. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, last thing before we take our break, we we do have a news of the weird. Now, this particular story is a little bit older, uh, a couple years old, but it really kind of struck me because it just seemed so odd. Apparently, putting scotch tape on your body and peeling it will produce x-rays. Will produce x-rays. Yeah, but, yeah, you've got to finish that off, though, and tell them, though. Yeah, yeah. In order for this to actually work, <laughs> it, it, it only does it in a vacuum. So <laughs> if you break your arm... I know or, that you and I walk around in a vacuum at times. <laughs> well, but. no, just internally. <laughs> so if you break your arm, grab lots of scotch tape, jump into a, a vacuum chamber, and start peeling. Yeah. And save yourself some money. That that is most weird. Yeah. Tech news of the weird. That is a good one. And uh, if you have a tech news of the weird, let us know about it, and we will talk about it on the show. This is your show. Tell us what it is you want us to talk about. Otherwise, we'll just ramble on forever. Kind of like, like this we, segment. <laughs> okay, so shall I take us out? Take us out for God's sake. Yes. Right, everybody, stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. It's Tim Robertson, the Tech Fan Podcast. And Guy from the MyMac.com Podcast. And Tim, I got to tell you, I have a problem. Just one? Because I could give you some suggestions. <laughs> no, not those kinds of problems. Well, what is it then? Well, the Spotlight Podcasting Network has all these great free podcasts, but it still costs money to produce and upload them. Yeah, tell me something I didn't already know. I'm the one paying those bandwidth costs. I just wish there was an easy way for listeners to help without it costing them anything. You know, it's funny you should say that because there actually is a way they can help and it won't cost them anything. Tell it to the mountain. Well, when you're going to shop this holiday season at Amazon, just go to MyMac.com first and click the Amazon button. It's over on the right-hand side of the page, right underneath where it says Support MyMac. Then buy the stuff you normally would have. It's not going to cost you any extra money, but Amazon's going to kick a little bit back our way, and that's going to help us pay for all the great podcasts that's part of the Stoplight Network. So if you don't mind, MyMac.com, click the Amazon button, go to Amazon, shop as you normally would. So just go to MyMac, hit the Amazon button, and shop as usual? Man, that sounds really easy. That's all there is to it. So will I finally get paid for podcasting? Uh, how much do I pay you now? Nothing. Oh, well, double it then. I knew this would pay off in the end. MyMac.com and Amazon. The perfect start to the holiday season.
riding the short bus to mediocrity. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 376. And we have, Gaz, we have a special guest this week. Do we? We do. Is it? You say there's someone on the line? Yeah, somebody actually agreed to come on our show. Good grief. I know. You'd think he would have known better. I mean, just oh, all, well. all you had to do was just Google us and be like, stay away <laughs> from the G-Men. They're scary he's, people. He's not, he's not been on. He didn't hear the first part, did he? Uh, he may have. Oh, we're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his name is, is Tim Vin, uh, Vinning. Vin- Damn it. You just told me your name, too. <laughs> Vining. Vining. Tim Vining. He's the writer creator, producer, and animator of uh, Star Trek Aurora. Now, uh, very briefly, can you kind of tell us what Star Trek Aurora is? Uh, Yeah, Star Trek Aurora, it's a 55-minute film uh, animated uh, of a Star Trek episode, but it follows, like, the merchant uh, space uh, people rather than, like, the... um, Like the Federation and all The Federation, thank you. Because uh, I always thought, like when I was a kid, I remember watching the uh, the show, and I always thought it was really kind of cool when you saw like the civilians out there. Because like these guys were out there in the same really dangerous universe that the guys on the big starship were, but they weren't like running around with you know a bunch of security guys and stuff like that. They were just out <laughs> there trying shirts. to make a buck. Yeah. So I thought that I thought I really I was really intrigued by their stories. And there, there's the, the three main characters, which is Kara Carpenter, who mm-hmm. is the only survivor uh, as a child of a Romulan attack on her uh, family's freighter. Now, you told me in one of your emails that uh, your wife looks a lot like Kara, Kara Carpenter. Yeah, very similar. She's very much based on her. Okay. Uh, having said that, you are a very lucky man. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, now, after the attack on her family's freighter, uh, her basically the whole freighter for the most part gets blown up, mm-hmm. and she resorts to very extreme means to survive because she's basically alone right. in this broken up freighter for what for months before Correct. somebody comes to rescue her, mm-hmm. and actually has to resort to and this was the. The, the part that was kind of weird had to resort to cannibalism mm-hmm. just to survive. Correct. Okay. Now she's the captain of a, about a hundred year old ship that was originally created, you know, oddly enough for the earth Romulan wars called Aurora. Correct. And this is very, very heavily modified ship. And part of how this ship was built enables her to do things that other ships in that particular quadrant. And it's not, I mean, it's within the Federation as far as, you know, the particular area of space that they're in, but it's kind of on the outskirts. That's kind of how I saw it. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it's it's actually just outside the Federation. I mean, obviously because of she, you know, getting reputation of, you know, being Hannibal Cara, which she didn't, you know, obviously was something. So she wanted to, to escape, that whole name and everything. So she basically, you know, left Federation space and went to where she thought nobody would really know her. So that's kind of like the, uh, the, the, the basis, the background of the character. And so she puts this ship together. How exactly did she do that? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, of course this doesn't come out in the story itself because this would be like back, backstory on her would be in the intervening years after she was rescued, uh, 
the way, you know, just my mind, I was thinking that she um, learned mechanics because she was good at it as a kid anyway. And then uh, where she grew up was near a salvage yard, and she just like traded her work for uh, getting parts, basically, to take this mothballed ship and turn it into something she could use and basically, you know, scoot off into another part of space. And uh, she has a crew of sorts. Uh, now, when people usually say crew on Star Trek, they're thinking, you know, great big starship and there's, you know, 400 people or 1,000 people on this ship. Uh, her crew is a little bit smaller. <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly enough, a Vulcan. Right. Well, I mean, for, for her purposes, I mean, uh, she'd be better off, you know, she's like where she's had trouble with people's emotions and stuff. She's better off with someone who's very much logical and um, non-judgmental is the way she would kind of think she originally would see this uh, as a, as a crew member. So I think that's why she gravitated toward having this character. Now, can you, can you kind of give us the basics of the story beyond what we were just talking about? Uh, in what respect? <laughs> well, I mean, she has this ship, right. And she's making these cargo runs, right. And she's, she's basically, and if if you're a Star Trek fan at all, you should go and download this from AuroraTrek.com. This is, I mean, even if even if the the story which has you know something weird like cannibalism in it right, in the very right. beginning, uh, just the, the the sheer you know the artwork and the hard work and the the, the fluidity if that's even a word. Of the the motion of the characters within this animated universe is it's just amazing. It visually, it's stunning to look at. Oh, thank you. It really, really is. And I mean, I mean, also, guy, it's you know, if you're a Star Trek fan, there is a lot of links to the Star Trek world. Oh yeah, yeah. Though you don't you, really I mean, just, see it too much until later on in the episode. No, no. Yeah, well, that that was on purpose because I mean, I, I I sort of wanted to have like the Starfleet. And they're the familiar Star Trek characters and that, that whole settings kind of be like the outside. So we, we sort of start seeing, you know, we see from the civilian point of view for a long time. And then we go into there. And then by that point, that looks unusual to uh, her. I mean, she even comments about like, wow, how big this place is. It's not, yeah. you know, not, not like my little ship. And um, so you know, there's this there's this huge. What, what kind of cloud is that? It's, it's, it's a nebula. I mean, the, 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 the point is, like, the, the ship is, like, heavily armored in a way that allows her to, to traverse through it where other uh, ships really can't because of, like, um, in the Star Trek universe, I mean, uh, it's known that uh, uh, nebula always mess around with uh, uh, the ship shields. Yeah. So hers doesn't need it. So that, that's, like, that's, like, kind of the idea there. So that, that kind of gives her a shortcut. Exactly. That other so that, ships yeah. can't do. Right, because she fi- she figured out that was the one advantage she could use her ship for, for because it's, it's pointed out in the show that her ship is actually kind of slow and really uses a lot of fuel, but she's able to use its one advantage to a uh, great advantage in that one setting. It wouldn't do well in other parts of space that didn't don't have a nebula. Right, and she meets up with with another freighter captain, uh, Randy Jacob Jacobs, right. who's mm-hmm. the captain of the Lone Star. Right. Uh, and they they have a little confrontation. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah. So they uh, they, don't, they don't get along too well. Uh, he, he's uh, 
just being a smart ass and stuff like that, just trying to rattle the cage of the other of another freighter captain who's obviously the competition. Right. And he's he's kind of curious about how she's able to get around the nebula so quickly when she he she obviously has a much slower ship. So he's he's kind of like that's one of the reasons why he approached her in the first place is he just wants to know okay who is this person how is she doing this and you know the rest of the story involves uh, there's there's some stuff that happens in the nebula and when they're coming out of it she actually ends up in another universe and you know I I don't want to go over the the entire story but mm-hmm. there's there's other universes involved and, and I mean all kinds of things. But of course, at the very end, like most Star Trek shows, there's a happy ending. Of course. <laughs> it is so, Star Trek, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, Tim, let's talk about you a little bit. What can you okay. tell us about you? Um, I'm a lifetime, lifelong Star Trek fan. I'm a, a, always an artist, you know, ever since I was a little kid. Um, I, uh, okay, uh, I work at a uh, uh, New England Journal of Medicine where I, I uh, manage the medical illustrators. Well, that kind of uh, leads in with with you know the, the the stuff you do on the other side of uh, you know on the other side of work, doesn't it? I'm sorry. Well, oh, yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, a lot a lot of the skills that I use for Aurora I actually use at work as well. I mean, uh, you know, video editing we do video as well. We do you know illustration, animation. Um, all the all the sort of things like that. So it's it certainly there's definitely crossover. I, what I've used in Aurora, I learned at work, and I've also used stuff that I've learned doing Aurora at work. So it kind of like you know sloshes back and forth. And you're self-taught with all this equipment and the software. Pretty much. I mean, it was just all learned like on uh, you know on the job or here just on on the job of Aurora. So so how long did it take you, Tim, to to complete the Aurora project? I mean, Forever. it must have been a but it must have been a project. I mean, it's uh, I presume is it still ongoing? Are you, you, you going to add to it, or are you pretty much finished with where you are now? Well, I'm not really sure yet what I'm going to do for, for for the next project, but especially because this one started like I, it's going to be it'll be six years since I started it this February. So that's uh, it was rather longer than I originally anticipated. I thought it was going to take me about a year and a half or so. I don't know where I got that number. I just sort of like pulled out a. <laughs> so I was rather surprised, uh, like you know, four and a half years later, that I wasn't quite done yet. So, it's, yeah, uh, I kept seeing the updates. It was like, okay, it'll be done this summer. <laughs> well, no, no, this fall. Well, uh, hold on. Yes, yes. Well, any, anyone who's been following for me for a long time knows that all those are lies. So I, I was just, just, <laughs> just stringing people along. I, I always like look the best case, but uh, I never actually saw a best case scenario. But uh, I, I kept hoping. Well, did you have any contact? I mean, there's there's lots of, of people that are making Star Trek fan films out there. Right. And have have you had any contact with any of these other groups? Uh, not not directly. Uh, I mean, people have, uh, I think, commented on uh, on Aurora, but not any sort of official contact. I mean, though, it, it's kind of, kind of funny, to tell you the truth. When, when I first started Aurora, I had no idea that anybody else was doing fan films. I thought, oh my gosh, what a great idea. I'll be the first one to do it. I'll be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> and I started doing it. I swear to God, I was like maybe like, I don't know, six or eight months into it. And I started looking, I thought, yeah, maybe I should look up and see if anybody else is doing this. And it turned out there's lots of people doing it. So yeah. it was not an original idea. Yeah, but, so, uh, some, some, oh, well, there was, um, there's a group I think called Hidden Frontiers mm-hmm. 
that have been doing stuff, I think, since the late 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yes. Using in, in green screen and, yeah, and all that stuff. And Star, uh, Star Trek New Voyages. Uh, right. Yeah, New Voyages. Actually, uh, there's a guy from uh, Hidden Frontier who does a voice on, on Aurora. He's, oh, really? Uh, Which one? Yeah. It's, it's, um, uh, Jeez, I'm blanking. Well, I mean, which voice? Oh, oh I'm sorry. It does the voice of, of the... Uh, um... You're going to edit this stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His name is John Whiting, and he did the, the voice of the station commander. Oh, okay. I think he played a um, he played an alien, I think, in Hidden Frontiers. Exactly. Uh, uh, a medical Taylor? doctor, I think, wasn't it? Exactly. A Tellarite, I think. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, I know I way to too much stuff about this. Guy, guy, you put me to shame. You really <laughs> put me to shame. I mean, <laughs> I love Star Trek. Old nerd like me. I am a nerd. I am a nerd. <laughs> okay. Now, Tim, this is called uh, the MyMac.com podcast. So, I'm going to ask a very specific question here. Okay. On what sort of machine did you produce Aurora Trek? Well, on, on two different Macs, the, the original, about the first uh, almost half was done on just a G4800. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the latter half was done on an iMac uh, 2.4 gigahertz duo with about 4 gigabytes RAM. So not, not really that powerful. That must have, like, when you hit that render button, did you, like, just say, okay, I'm going to go on vacation now and go to Florida? <laughs> no, I, I, I timed it so that when I, I would just animate, I would uh, let it render overnight, because, I mean, that was just the only way to do things. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, something would, would render quickly, but for the most part, um, you just time it so you, you just do it, and it you know, so it renders in your off time, because that's the only way to do it. So, so have you always been a Mac user, or is this something that you got into uh, through your your job, or have you just always used Macs? Uh, uh, well, I originally started like way, way, way back on a on a PC, the Artronics two thousand, which was uh, oh, what a great system that was, huh? Uh, did you know that one? No, two, no idea. <laughs> 256K k uh, colors. Uh, and, uh, for animation and uh, oh. illustration, so that was that was way back in the day. It used a, a ten inch floppy disk to uh, <laughs> to, to boot it up. We oh, had, uh, was that was that like a standalone system? Uh, yeah, it was a standalone system. Okay, but it those was, days was, were so much simpler, weren't they, Tim? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah for, for, for newly drives, ten, ten megabytes, and the thing was the size of like a Buick. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, but that, but then after that, uh, uh, with work, we we moved on to uh, to Macs, and uh, I've been a Mac user ever since. So, so. do do you think you'll you're, you're going to stick with Macs, or or you know, are there new tools coming out that that like aren't necessarily Windows or or, or Mac specific that you want to look at? Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you with, with the latest version of uh, Final Cut, I really was the first time I was really wondering whether or not I would stick with the Mac. I was couldn't believe the stuff that they had done to this uh, like awesome program. They, they, they turned it into, uh, you know, you know iMac or you know, iMovie or Pro. iMovie Pro, thank you. Yeah. So it just it's just you know so. But then they, they say they're going to fix all the stuff like this. But I sure hope so because I mean it was it's pretty pretty bad what they left out. Well, I have you know I've I do I do a bit of video myself. Oh, okay. And I haven't gone to uh, Final Cut X. So I'm still on uh, seven. Or, yes. You know, Final Cut Pro 7 Studio. 
Absolutely. And one program I've been kind of playing around with has been uh, Adobe Premiere Elements. Huh. And, what's that? Uh, it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a video editing program from Adobe. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the light version of their Premiere Pro program. Okay. Which is a, a pro-level video editor. Right. And I guess the only real problem I've had with it is it's kind of whetted my appetite to see what you know the, the full version of Premiere Pro is like, but that's like you know six seven hundred bucks. <laughs> and I don't well, do enough. I don't do enough video to uh, to convince my wife not to divorce me if I buy the program. But I mean, and that's where obviously um, the new Final Cut coming out and the, the cost of it is is such. It must whet a lot of people's appetites. And they've just brought up a uh, brought out a recent update to that, haven't they? I don't know whether that's improved the uh, the status of of the application. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But we need like multi-camera editing. I mean, that's we use that all the time at work. I mean, and that's not in the latest version. So. Right. And you were able to do that in Seven Pro. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the great things about it. So it, it was it's, it was quite uh, it was quite startling actually to see that happen. So I'm not really sure who made that decision, but it doesn't seem like I mean a, a good decision. Well, I know that they they have said that a lot of the features will be coming out, but obviously um, for those organizations that are waiting to press the button on an update right waiting to find out is not really good enough is it (laughs) yeah i don't even even understand why they came out with this version i mean all they did was annoy a lot of people i mean you you saw that adobe and uh all the other other avid Avid pounced on this they're like hey come on over to us you know we're still pro yeah adobe actually gave a discount yeah i know i saw that yeah, that was that was that was a really bad bad public relations uh, for their uh, their professional users. Well, I, oddly enough, it, it almost seems like they're, you know, the, Apple has pretty much moved away from the enterprise space, and now it almost seems like they're starting to shed their their pro apps. It's 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 starting to feel like that. I mean, I, you know, because I mean, certainly they're making a lot of money on their uh, iMac apps and all their their small you know applications. Yeah, all the consumer which, stuff. Exactly, which is great. I mean, and it, 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 that's well, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> well, not for the pros. It's terrible. It's terrible for us. <laughs> I don't want to use a PC. They're terrible. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know, uh, we're running a little bit long, oh, so sorry. we're going to take a break. Uh-huh. And when we come back, Tim has has foolishly or not decided to uh, to stick with us. And uh, I guess uh, stand by to stand by because okay. We'll be we'll be right back. Will we right be back. right back, guys? I think we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Excuse me, madam. Have you ever heard any podcasts that are just too long? They're all too long. Ah, but that's where you're wrong. Listen to the new App Minute with John Nemo. It's short, it's sweet, it'll knock you off your feet. We love our listeners, and the police would very much like to talk to us about it. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. We're now past the second break and into the third segment. <laughs> I, can, I can hear sighs of relief throughout the atmosphere. It's just coming. Will can, they, I, it, 
Will they yeah. keep it under an hour uh, and a half? <laughs> yes, we will. We will. We will keep it under. We're not going to get into Scott Wilsey territory. <laughs> now, you've put a note in here, Guy, about yeah. uh, the fact that there are PC makers conceding the tablet market to Apple. I don't believe it. It Go is on, tell true. Me more. Tell me more. Now, both Hewlett Packard and Dell and a few of the other pure PC makers like Acer and uh, Asus uh, they plan on to they plan on gradually exiting the tar- the, the tablet market next year. Uh, industry sources yeah, told Digitimes. Can, 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 can I stop you there? Can well, of course I, can you can. You what do you mean exit? <laughs> well, they had to first start, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Hewlett Packard, of course, had uh, a tablet that they yeah, tried to sell. Yeah, yeah. You know, they spent all those billions of dollars to get uh, WebOS came out with a tablet and then canceled it six weeks later. Good move. Yeah, well, yeah and we know whose fault that is. Yeah, it was Tim's fault. Okay. <laughs> not, well, not, not, no, no, not, not you, Tim. Tim. No, not, you, not Tim. you, Tim. No, it's Tim. It's Tim Vinning's fault. Yes. <laughs> he made Hewlett Packard cancel the, the WebOS tablet. It, no, it, oh. it, it wasn't going to work for me. <laughs> so you just called him right up, said, cancel that sucker. Uh, no, uh, one of one of the other podcasts on the uh, the Stoplight Network is called Tech Fan, and Tim Robertson, who actually you know, owns Stoplight Network and started this particular podcast back in two thousand and four, had reviewed it the week before HP announced they were going to cancel it, and he had yeah. said oh, it's an okay tablet, but I'd wait for the next one, and then yeah. the very next week HP canceled it, <laughs> and he was so very very sorry. Yes. But um, yeah, so so they're pulling out of an industry they're not really in. Well, that's yeah. cool. Well, I mean, basically, the the problem most of these tablet makers have is the same problem that all the people that made music players in the early two thousands had when competing with the iPod. Is to them it was enough to uh, well we'll just put more GBs in it or we'll offer it with yeah. a USB connector or, you know, I mean, all these tech specs they kept throwing at and, it thinking and that's all we need. the Kindle Fire have learned from that because they're not advertising it along those lines, are they? No, no. So, you know, the, the big mistake all these companies have made is it's not enough to just put together a product like this that, that's what a lot of people see as a content consumption device. And just throw it out and expect people to go out and buy it and figure out how to use it. And Apple was one of the first to say, especially back with the iPod, okay, here's our device and here's the way to manage the content easily with you know, no fuss, no muss for this device. And instead of hooking it up to your computer and dragging and dropping you know, wherever it is that your computer decided to put content, it was you plugged it in and it did it itself, and then you unplugged yep. it and you went on with your life. You didn't have to manage it. They had a program, iTunes, to manage it. They had I've, all I, the content I, you wanted. You wanted. Yeah, to I think I think it's a combination here. It's certainly the content and the fact that you can produce a product which is a you know uh, a good quality product oh, at a reasonable price, and that's where obviously I think Apple basically hit it out of the park when they first brought the iPad out. They, oh, absolutely. They got the quality of the product right, they got the, the software right, they got the content right, uh, and they they also got you know the price 
spot on, I think. Oh, I, I think mean, most I people the, are the fire is a lot cheaper. Yeah, oh, the, I know well, the fire is a lot cheaper, but it it doesn't do the same things. I, I don't. A lot of people are trying to compare them, and I think they are that you know they've almost got their own little segments within the tablet uh, section. So, but you've also mentioned you know they're getting out of the uh, tablet market and leaving it to the likes of Apple and Amazon. But you've also mentioned Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Barnes and Noble has a a, a new tablet coming out called the Nook that has <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, kind of an interesting feature now. Amazon with the Kindle and Barnes and Noble with the Nook, uh, both kind of of you know got their feet wet by coming out with what's called e-readers, and most of these e-readers uses a technology called e-ink, where you know it, these are dedicated devices to basically just reading text. So they were able to to set these devices up to do that very, very well as compared to the iPad, which will also allow you to read text, but because of the nature of the screen, doesn't do it nearly as well, but does all these other things instead that the, the, the Kindles and the Nooks and all the, and the Sony e-readers and all these other e-readers couldn't do. Yeah. So Amazon kind of trading off of the Kindle name and the Kindle reputation, and it had a very good reputation as being an e-reader, came out with the Kindle Fire, and which was, as you know, all these other tablets, Android-based. The thing that was different about the Fire as compared to all of these other tablets was that Amazon, of course, had all of these content deals already built in through their, uh, through their web store, you know, through their web portal. So they were able to do things like Apple does with iTunes, in that they can offer all of this great content for people to to load onto their fires. And at the same time, the confusion over applications in Android, they're also taken care of. They have their own Android app store with all the apps vetted. So, you know, these companies like Dell who are, you know, getting out of the tablet market, which we're not really sure whether they've been in or not, and <laughs> obviously the, the likes of Acer and Asus probably losing out on, you know, the small netbook range as well. Um, and Apple's growing market share when it comes to Macs, <laughs> they're shrinking daily. What, you mean the other PC makers? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, we talked about that last week, where Apple has reached. You know, they're the yeah. the, the number well, five it, PC maker in the in that's Europe. Right. And it, it, but I've seen more figures coming out worldwide as well. Anyway, g- going back to the um, the tablets. Yeah, I have an iPad. You have an iPad. Mm-hmm. Tim, uh, I don't have an iPad, but I I was able to borrow. All one. right, cut him off. Cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I borrowed one. We at work. We got one from the department. Everybody had to go home with it for a couple of weeks. And I found that I never used it at home, but when I went, when I traveled, it was great because I, I could look up, you know, I could make reservations using like Open Table. I could look up uh, stuff on the Zagat's app. And we had forgotten a, a book we wanted to read at, back at home. And so we were just able to download it to the, uh, the book reader and we had it right there with us. Now that's interesting, Guy, because. Um, I, I mean, I use it when I travel, I, much like that. Um, but the the home use that we've got out of it, with the family's got out of it, is absolutely tremendous. But I think uh, you know, I've seen lots of people who find niches within their world of how to use 
the iPad or, you know, devices like it. Others are available, although not many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that's interesting, Tim, because, you know, um, it's, it, it's in constant use in our household. Um, and um, I thought I would use it more when I was going away. But I, 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 and although I have done, I haven't used it as much when going away, probably because if I take it out of the house, I get told off. <laughs> the rest of the family's like, bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you take our tablet? It's a fantastic device. I mean, just, just like any, any other, like the, like the uh, iPod, you, you, don't, you need no training. You, you, you yeah. pick it up and you know how to use it right away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The so, only downside is that after I used it for a, a week, every time I approached the screen, I kept trying to do that little zoom thing with my fingers. <laughs> I swear to God, my, my GPS on my car, I kept trying to do that to zoom in. It took me a long time to break that habit. Now, doesn't that go to show, because I find the same thing, but I think that goes to show that they've hit the right sort of gestures that are required that come naturally to people. How, how do they do that? What, how are they always able to to do that correctly, the, uh, the Apple? I mean, just like it's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, go, because, I think going because, all the way – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gaz. I was going to say, and that's why I think, you know, that they've possibly thought about moving Lion into that realm and using the magic trackpad with Lion is so – it's kind of a link between the two devices. But, you know – it's, you're definitely right. There are other devices which are touchscreen, and there are so many gestures which seem to come naturally on the iPad and the uh, the iPhone and iPod Touch, which you just you try them on. I, I've got a GPS device, and I find myself doing exactly the same thing. I'm trying to pinch to zoom or swiping left or right, and it's not working. And I have to I have to stop myself and think, oh, it's not an iPad. You know? right. Yeah, I bought a Time magazine and tried that, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> it was like, it's just not doing it. There are videos out there, aren't there, of children, little kids, you know. That well, are case in point. That are, doing, that are doing that, they're using the iPad, and then they go up to a magazine, and they're doing the pinch. And they're, <laughs> yeah. and they're pinching, and they're trying to do the swipe on magazines. Yeah. So, but, you know, basically, to, to kind of uh, finish this up, uh, Amazon had studied what Apple obviously has studied what Apple did and what they did right with the iPad. And while this first version of the Kindle fire has gotten kind of mixed reviews, they're the ones Amazon is going to be probably the first real competitor in the tablet marketplace. And we'll see what happens with Barnes and Noble with their new nook. And, uh, go ahead. I said, agreed. Uh, why don't we go ahead and go to app picks? Why don't you go first this time? Um, okay. Now, this might seem a little bit of a, uh, an odd pick from myself. And I'm no. Not sure <laughs> and I'm not sure whether I've mentioned it before. But actually, I've gone for flight control, sort of. And I'll tell you why. Okay. There, are two, there are two different versions of flight control. There is one for the iPhone stroke iPod Touch, uh, which is 69 pence or 99 cents. And there's the HD or the iPad version, which is £2.99 or $4.99. Now, these are older ones, but actually, I, I, I've been rekindled to play that. Did, did you see what I did there, Guy? Yeah. We, Ooh, I, clever. It, my... <laughs> Interest has been rekindled. I got that one too. Yeah, <laughs> my interest has been rekindled in playing those games because of the actual app, which is 
kind of my pick. And I, I'm not sure the sort of reaction I'm going to get from people on this, but it's actually Game Center. Really? Really. Now, I know Game Center, you, you'd think, well, you can't really do very much in Game Center, but you can if you've got a few friends and you're having a look at the sorts of games that they play and also the sorts of games that you have in common and just how good they may be at a certain game that you also do or you also play. Now, I happen to look at a certain Matt Parrot. Oh, I know him. In Game Center. And I noticed that that, that certain person... <laughs> Who shall remain unnamed. Also happened happen to play um, Flight Control. Uh, and I think, I think you play both versions as well, Guy. Is that, is that yes. correct? Yes. Now, now the, the thing... The thing and you, won't, was, you will not beat my high score. Uh, well, actually, when I looked at it, I, I beat you on the original one, and I also I'm in the top 5%, you're in the top 10%. I beat you on the beach version, I'm number one over you, and, and you know we're both in the top 5%. And then in the carrier, I also beat you on that. And, I, and I've never thing. liked the carrier one. Right, no, okay, now, and then in the Outback, uh, actually you beat me in the Outback one, um, over that one. And, and you it's all right, the- mate! Sorry. And you beat me on the windy, the windy version as well. But what was I found interesting, what rekindled my interest in it, was the fact that you had actually landed a considerable m- number more aircraft than me. Yeah. It, what, so, the windy one? So, <laughs> sorry? The windy one? The windy no, 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 the no, windy no. One? Overall, overall. Oh, overall. Okay. But so, so what I'm saying about Game Center is, is that it can rekindle your interest in a game that perhaps you'd let slide or left because, you, because now you've got some competition going on there. <laughs> uh, and also I know in Game Center there are certain games that you can actually play over the network. So go into Game Center, have a, a little noodle around. Have a look at uh, you know some of your friends. Invite a few friends in. See what games you've got in common, and you know perhaps see some of the the money that you've spent on the older apps. You could perhaps go in and revisit them. Yep. Hey, Gaz. Go Flight on. control. You, me. It's on. My app pick this week is the sequel to one I picked uh, a couple of months ago. It's called Death Spank. Thongs of Virtue, and it's currently nine dollars and ninety nine cents in the uh, the back app store, and it's it's pretty much like the old Death Spank game where you've got a guy that uh, that just spouts out all this crazy stuff as he's running around and and trying to uh, save you know God knows what. Uh, there's a freezing yet terrifying dungeon that is unsurprisingly in the snowy mountains. There's there's a guy called Tanko. The warrior who's half man, half monster, all awesome. He inspires fear in enemies and slight discomfort among friends. I love the Death Spank games. You know, and don't, it, don't it's kind of it. oh. Now, did you ever did you ever finish the first one? No, no, I, I still haven't finished. It, <sighs> yeah, neither have I. But it, it's one of those games where you know it, when you start it up again after not playing it for a while, you're like, why did I stop playing this? This is so much fun. Yes. So, yes. and there's a third one also that uh, I haven't I haven't downloaded yet, and I can't think of what the name of it is. But it, it but this one is Death Spank Thongs of Virtue. <laughs> now, Tim, uh, we have our, our guest Tim. Uh, we asked him to pick an app, and uh, because he he doesn't have any iOS devices, and uh, the Mac that he's using is running a, a slightly 
older version of the OS because he wanted to keep everything, you know, as same as he possibly could, at least until he finished uh, Star Trek Aurora. <laughs> same as it ever was. Same, same as, as it, it ever was. was. You know, I was he, starting to feel like Rip Van Winkle here. I mean, you guys are talking about <laughs> all this stuff, and I realized I need to get out of my uh, my cave here and uh, see what else, what's going on in the world. So uh, we asked him to uh, to make a pick. And this will be, without a doubt, the very most expensive pick in the history of the MyMac.com podcast. Go ahead, Tim. It's the uh, Natural Point OptiTrack uh, motion capture system. It uh, comes in at around eight or nine thousand dollars. I haven't, uh, <laughs> I don't really count it because I don't want to tell my wife how much it actually costs. Good, she, good plan. She, she's not home yet. Okay. I won't tell her how much it costs, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that's that. That was that's my app pick for the week. It saved me a lot of time and it w- allowed me to keep my sanity, such as it is, uh, finishing Aurora. And so you actually use this, and and you you would set somebody up with like the sensors and stuff. No, it's actually it was me and my wife uh, at, at different times doing the, uh, the the motion capture. So we were in the lycra suits with the ping pong balls, which is a pretty scary uh, sight. For me, anyway, my wife looked much better than I did. <laughs> well, uh, most women do. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, believe me. Um, so that so your pick is the Natural Point op, Opti OptiTrack uh, OptiTrack motion capture system motion capture system, and that goes for somewhere between eight to nine thousand dollars. Correct. So just everybody run out and get one of those. You you, you, you you want one. You do. I mean, I, I have absolutely no use for a motion capture system, and I already want one. Yeah. <laughs> now, we do we do have a people's pick, but we're going to move it over to next week, actually, because we had about three people's picks. <laughs> before, before we even got out of the first segment. <laughs> before we got out of the first segment. So we're, we're going to come back to that one. And if we get another one between this week and next week, well, we It'll might go mention a couple. We'll, we'll mention a couple of them next week. So Yeah, I think we've got at least... Two or three in the queue right now. You guys, yeah. you know, last week we were saying we don't have any people's picks, and all of a sudden they're like coming out from everywhere. Yeah. So coming thank you also there. very, very much for that. We really appreciate it. So uh, let's see. Let's uh, real quickly talk about Facebook. We have 90 likes on our Facebook page, and I'm sure. Are, are you on Facebook, Tim? Uh, I am. Okay. So, so I, I imagine Tim is going to go over to Facebook. And like us, and and look I'm, up my Mac podcast <laughs> and put a like. So we'll be at ni- you'll be the ninety first like I'm for the my Mac podcast. I'm doing that right, right, even as we speak. I, I oh, good. Then we can just make it official. <laughs> Let's and, see. And yes, as I always say, it is foolish and petty, and I'm I'm well aware of it, and I don't care. <laughs> and uh, I don't think we have any new iTunes. Ah. Reviews. Well, I'm not sure. I haven't checked, so I'll, I'll need to go and check, and we'll, we'll look for them next week. Okay. So, uh, if, so if you haven't done any reviews on iTunes, go over there now, put a review in. You, you know we don't care what sort of review it is, because we know <laughs> it's going to be good. Of course. <laughs> of course. How, what what and, else could I'll, it be but good? And you're, and you're going to mention next week. Yep. Come on, do it. do it. Do it for me. Go on this And week, we'll, this we'll week. give you a, um, what did I call that? God, it's been so long since I've done one. Where I, I do that certificate? Be. Yeah. You'll get a certificate. A certificate that's really, really cool. Important. And important. Or not so much. I can't remember. I can't. I can't believe. A Woody. That was it. 
I'll, I'll, I'll dust off. I'll dust off. I tell you what, the software also, that I use to make wooties. Dust off the wooties, but also Tim ought to get a wooty for coming on. He should. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, he I'll, should. I'll give you guys. I'll, I'll trade your woody for a like. How's that? Excellent. Good. Good. Good plan. Okay, so here's, here, here's your like. I'll, I'll trust you guys to give me the woody. Oh, that's a good plan too. Yeah, there you go. You should. <laughs> you should have made sure we sent you the woody first. There you go. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I want my woody. There you go. There's 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 a there's there's your like ninety one. All right. Great. Uh, Tim, if somebody wanted to contact you about Aurora Trek or or other things that you're doing in your life, mm-hmm. how would they do so? You can go to the uh, site. It's uh, admin at auroratrek.com. You can just send me an email, and uh, I'll, I'll get back to you. Are you on Twitter? I am not on Twitter. That, <gasps> uh, I'm, I'm actually lucky to know what that even is. <laughs> I, I really got to catch up. I'm going to take, take some time. Now that I'm done with Aurora, I'm going to take some time catching up at technology because I'm feeling very behind. Yeah, they uh, they have like um, something a little bit stronger than like the the two thirty three IMAX now. Yeah, really. And they have cars with four wheels. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no <Holy>. Wow. <laughs> what about you, Gaz? How can people get a hold of you? Well, if they want to contact me, uh, they can contact me at gaz at mymac dot com or on the Twitters. You can uh, follow me at twitter dot com forward slash gazmaz. Um, and yeah. I mean, I'm there, I'm tweeting, I'm tweeting about my MRI scan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Guy, where can, where can people contact you? I think it's probably quite similar, really. Uh, it is very similar. You can contact me through email at guy at uh, mymac.com. And you can also find me on the Twitter network at twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. <laughs> Oh, I think you're getting a little hoarse there, Gaz. What would I have looked at? And we have a Skype number. We oh, actually, before... Ah, I'm such an idiot. Um, if you want to contact Fearless Leader Tim about the questionable content, uh, not so much Tim's part, but Gaz's and my part, you can yeah. reach him at feedback at mymac.com. And we have right. a Skype number. We have a Skype number. <laughs> we have a Skype yeah. number. Get, get, can you, everybody can you, hates our get Skype it together. number. Get it, get it together. All right. Nobody, uh, nobody has our Skype number. But it's area code 703-436-9501. 703-436-9501. Call it today. Call it direct. Call it collect. And we won't respond because you can't call a Skype number collect. <laughs> So, Tim, thank you so very much for being on the show this week. I, Thanks for having me on. I hope, uh, I hope we haven't driven you crazy. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe a little further. That's about it. <laughs> okay, that's good. Gaz, thank you so much once again for being on and putting up with me each week. You're welcome. I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> right. yeah, oh, First Take lie of the night. Take that knife away. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you all so very, very much for downloading the MyMac.com podcast here on the Stoplight Network. And we'll see you next week. Say goodnight, Godzilla. Goodnight, Godzilla. Goodnight, Godzilla. 
Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the Tech Fan Podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the Mac Specialist Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. There was a commander named Will who longed to be king of the hill. He strived to be great, just like James Kirk the late. Too bad he fought like a Jill.